Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. July 12th, 2022, HBO's latest drama or comedy, The Return to Amazon Channels. For most of its life, HBO was a wholesaler, offering its content to MVPDs, who then sold it in packages or as an a la carte to consumers as a premium add-on to their multi-channel bundle. HBO also monetized its library by selling or renting its original content directly to consumers via DVDs. In late 2014, HBO struck a landmark deal with Amazon Prime Video, enabling consumers to stream HBO catalog content for the first time as part of a subscription service, not branded HBO. Iconic HBO catalog series such as The Sopranos and The Wire became available on Amazon Prime at no extra cost to Prime Video subscribers. HBO introduced a new middleman. HBO begins its D2C life. HBO Now, HBO's first direct-to-consumer service that effectively replicated what HBO offered as a premium add-on channel to the multi-channel bundle, launched in 2015. The idea was that by eliminating the required attachment or buy-through to the expensive and bloated multi-channel bundle would drive new incremental subscribers. The challenge for HBO was that they had never been in the D2C business before, as they had lived their entire life as wholesalers to the multi-channel bundle. HBO management was not equipped for a DC world. Gross ads, retention, churn. Within 18 months, late 2016, HBO decided to strike a wholesale deal with Amazon Channels, enabling consumers to subscribe to HBO Now via Amazon Channels and to use the Prime Video app to watch HBO Now, meaning a consumer did not even need to download the HBO Now app. While HBO treated these subs as D2C subs, they were effectively indistinguishable from their legacy wholesale MVPD subscribers beyond the lack of a multi-channel bundle buy-through. There was simply a different middleman. Then in mid-2018, HBO decided not to renew their content distribution deal with Amazon Prime, choosing instead to focus on building out D2C, despite the fact that a good portion of its D2C subs were wholesaled via Amazon channels. As the Amazon content deal sunset, the only way to access HBO content was once again through an HBO subscription via an MVPD, Amazon channels, direct via HBO Now, or via DVD Blu-ray. The decision not to license content to Amazon was noteworthy because HBO was foregoing hundreds of millions of incremental revenue to drive uptake of its D2C streaming service. D2C becomes the sole focus under AT&T ownership. Just as HBO content was leaving Amazon Prime, AT&T was finally able to close its long-delayed acquisition of Time Warner in mid-2018. The newly rebranded Warner Media division put all of their focus on the launch of what would ultimately be called HBO Max. Plans for HBO Max were unveiled at a late 2019 Investor Day, and the service went live in May 2020. Note, former Hulu CEO Jason Kylar took over as head of Warner Media in April 2020. With HBO Max... Kalar's number one focus, the goal was effectively to replicate Netflix's global success, albeit adding an advertising tier and leveraging Kalar's dual revenue stream success at Hulu, subscription and advertising, powered by the content creation of all of WarnerMedia's assets. Furthermore, with a management team that had built a D2C business in Hulu, HBO Max was focused on building out a D2C business versus falling back to wholesaling through channel stores. See our post, HBO Max makes critical decision. Does it spell doom for channel stores? When HBO Max launched in May 2020, it was not distributed on the two largest TVOS platforms, Roku and Fire TV, 
due to HBO Max's unwillingness to participate in channel stores and disagreements over advertising revenue splits when HBO Max's ad tier launched. By the end of 2020, HBO Max had utilized the strengths of its programming to gain carriage on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV without agreeing to participate in channel stores, likely aided by HBO Max's decision to release all 2021 Warner Brothers movies day and date on HBO Max. With full distribution for HBO Max at the start of 2021, HBO was able to launch its ad-supported tier in mid-2021 at $9.99 versus the $14.99 month price of its ad-free subscription service. We assume that HBO Max is sharing a portion of ad revenue, call it 15%, with its distribution partners such as Roku, Fire TV, Google TV, etc. Worth noting that none of the core HBO programming had advertising. It was only within HBO Max-specific programming, such as Hacks or Flight Attendant. As part of HBO Max's new agreement with Amazon, its legacy Amazon Channels agreement terminated in September 2021. In turn, HBO subs who were subscribing via Amazon Channels and watching with the Prime Video app were canceled, and they had to resubscribe to HBO through HBO Max or other distribution partners. Similar to when HBO made the decision in mid-2018 to stop licensing catalog content to Amazon, the decision to exit these Amazon Channel platforms was financially painful. Call it four plus million subscribers at sort of $9 per month to HBO is over 400 million of incremental revenue with the goal of driving subscribers to have direct relationships with HBO Max. That direct relationship meant everyone who wanted to experience HBO Max content had to use the HBO Max app. Full data was captured by HBO Max and not shared with others like Amazon. And it enabled HBO Max to keep you in their world of content driving time spent. D2C no longer the sole focus under WBD leadership. Fast forward to April 2022, when Warner Media was officially merged with Discovery to create Warner Bros. Discovery. Discovery's David Zaslav took over as CEO, with Jason Kylar leaving the company in the vast majority of Warner Media senior executive ranks, replaced by Discovery execs. While it's been less than 90 days since the creation of WBD, all signs point to a dramatic shift in strategy. Yesterday, Bloomberg reported that Warner Bros. Discovery is in talks with Amazon. From what we have been hearing in recent weeks, this is a very different deal than what HBO had previously with Amazon. Number one, HBO Max on Amazon channels. We believe HBO Max is likely to be part of Amazon channels, meaning that a consumer can subscribe to HBO Max via Amazon channels and use the Prime Video app to watch HBO Max content. No HBO Max app needed. Remember that in their past agreement, only legacy HBO was available via Amazon channels. So this new agreement is a meaningful expansion of the old agreement. So this would be the first time that HBO Max has enabled subscribers to watch its content without using the HBO Max app itself. It makes you wonder why spend as much on HBO Max app development if a growing portion of your subbase will not even use your app. We believe that in the new deal, HBO Max is gaining more comprehensive data sharing from Amazon for viewers that subscribe via Amazon channels and use the Prime Video app. However, it is worth noting that whatever data Amazon shares with HBO Max is obviously already available to Amazon itself, meaning Amazon has complete information on what its HBO Max viewers are doing. Given that Amazon has its own streaming video service, Prime Video, it is hard not to see how Amazon will use the HBO Max data to improve its own service at HBO Max's long-term expense. Worrisome Trojan horse. Watching HBO Max via Amazon channels also enables Amazon 
to have far more control over where you go next after finishing watching a piece of content, meaning you get lost in Amazon Prime's world, not HBO Max's. Lastly, remember, Amazon channel subscribers churn at higher rates than other direct-to-consumer subscribers, as consumers are generally coming in for a specific show and then churning, so easy to join and then cancel within the Amazon platform. So while it's incremental subs and profits to HBO Max, these are not sticky long-term subscribers. Number two, do MVPDs get HBO Max now? Assuming Amazon is able to get HBO Max versus just legacy HBO, it would appear that MFNs will force HBO to make HBO Max content available to its MVPD partners as well for the first time. Historically, if you subscribe to HBO via your MVPD, VMVPD, you could watch HBO content on linear channels and on demand, but for HBO Max content, a subscriber had to download the HBO Max app and register login, creating more first-party data for HBO Max and likely helping shift core HBO viewership from MVPDs onto the HBO Max app. To the extent MVPD, VMVPD subscribers will be able to watch HBO Max programming on demand, it likely lessens the need for them to utilize the HBO Max app. Again, a subtle but important shift away from D2C towards wholesaling. Not to mention another reason to reduce emphasis spending on HBO Max proprietary apps. Number three, content licensing to Prime Video and Freevee. We also sense that WBD's new agreement with Amazon could include catalog licensing to Prime, to Prime Video and or Amazon's fast, free ad-supported streaming service, recently renamed Freevee. Remember, HBO terminated its catalog licensing with Amazon back in 2018 to increase the focus on its D2C efforts. While we have no idea how broad HBO Max's content licensing with Amazon's two streaming services will be, WBD CEO David Zaslav has been quite clear that the entire company will focus on monetizing content to third parties and be less obsessive about vertical integration to drive streaming, more like NBCU or Paramount, and less like Disney, Netflix, Amazon, and Apple. Free cash flows, the number one priority, not HBO Max. Assuming a broad-based Amazon deal is about to occur, the obvious takeaway is that Warner Brothers Discovery is focusing on driving high margin revenue and free cash flow and worrying far less about the long-term strategy behind HBO Max, or at the very least, it is not, it is no longer prioritizing HBO Max ahead of everything else at the company, including profits. With cord cutting, moving towards high single digits, and advertising revenues likely to decline meaningfully in a recession in 2023, it is not surprising to see WBD looking for ways to create meaningful incremental revenues, EBITDA, and free cash flow, given their guidance commentary to investors. Obviously, these needs are also magnified by WBD's four and a half times leverage. The challenge for investors is how sustainable is WBD's free cash flow as it tries to have its cake and eat it too, be an arms dealer for third parties, and build its own direct-to-consumer platform. The fundamental question is whether Amazon is actually WBD's friend, or are they just using them for their own long-term gain at a time when WBD needs to drive incremental free cash flow? Worth remembering that when Discovery licensed content to Netflix, Netflix wanted to pay substantially less after the deal ended because it now knew what the content was worth, with Discovery ultimately walking away from Netflix.